When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It doesn't matter whether you're talking about professional wrestling, movies, books, music, or whatever. When an artist or a performer or a talent goes, I'm going to sneak in some secret things here and see who picks up on them because I'm a creative genius. Well, it just makes the whole thing better. Of course, it goes up to a whole new level when we are talking about sports entertainment because we all like wrestling because we are massive nerds. My name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And this is 10 insane details that wrestlers put into their gimmicks. WWE didn't even care. Number 10, Alistair Black. Alistair Black was the king at doing this. I mean, he would hide things in his promos and his segments, and he would just hope that fans stumbled across them. It was like being presented with your own murder mystery, and you're the detective. After Tommy End had been released from WWE, though, he admitted how much effort he had put into those times when he was just sat in a room for about 72 years. And if you actually go back and watch them now, you will notice that each one has a different color scheme. And this color scheme tied into the person he was about to feud with. I mean, bravo. So if he was about to take down Bret Hart, for example, you would have seen a black and pink motif going down there. And I admit that I never picked up on this, but it certainly seemed like nobody backstage did either. And they really should have done. And maybe just given us a little bit of a hint or gone, oh, wow, this Alex the Black guy, he's really creative. Maybe we should give him a push. Number nine, Bret Hart. And speaking of the hitman, he was kind of doing this too. Far more personal and not something that you would really call out. When you go back and look at Bret Hart's gear, you'll remember all the hearts and the stars that he did have on his attire. And you'll notice that sometimes they went up, they went up, they went up, and they increased. And that's because they represented his family. And that's because they represented his kids. It's why from 1990 onwards, they didn't really multiply anymore because he had four with wife Julie, and he went, you know what, I'm done. So the idea here was that not only was he fighting for his fans, but he was fighting for his loved ones. And it's why the hitman was one of the best and most beloved baby faces ever, because even though you didn't know he was doing this, deep down in your tum-tum, you had an idea. He was the best. Number eight, Steve Austin's knee braces. Stone Cold Steve Austin truly believed that he could get over as a bad guy in 2001, and fair play to that guy. I mean, he had become the most important wrestler in the world back then, So if he wanted to give it a go, I'd say you pat him on the back and say, you go and do it, Steve, even though it didn't really work. He did throw himself into this as well, not only beating up old best friends such as Jim Ross, but also how he changed his gear, specifically his knee braces. Obviously there to help his legs, Austin also made some shifts when it came to these in order to be able to go, hey man, look at me, I'm a villain now. So all of a sudden they were a little bit gold, they had some snakeskin on there, which matched up to his new vests. 
He just wanted to be as big a dick as possible. So the idea was sound, but it didn't really work. And when you go back and watch all of this, you are a bit like, why don't the commentators make a bigger deal out of it? Because really, if you don't notice it, you don't notice it. If we're being honest, though, this was never going to get past this stage because fans just didn't want to boo Stone Cold. Number seven, Raven Seven Deadly Sins. That happened <laughs> on Sunday Night Heat. I mean, come on. That's nothing against Heat. It served as a very good B show for WWE in years. But Raven had come up with such a good idea. At the very least, we should have trialed it on Raw or SmackDown. But nope, on the seventh day you go. But yes, Raven did indeed work his way through the Seven Deadly Sins. As hardcore fans on the internet were going, wow, this is an incredible story. I can't believe it's hidden away as it is. And if you just want to know what the company's feelings towards the real-life Scott Levy were, as soon as he was done with WWE, he was allowed to debut on TNA two days later, and nobody gave a flub. And I suppose on the one hand, you could say, well, wasn't it great that he did have this amazing narrative because it gave you a reason to tune in, but it's also just buried. It's buried under a pile of nonsense, which was always the way with Raven in WWE. He never got a fair shot. Number six, the New Day's WrestleMania gear. The New Day are always awesome with their WrestleMania gear, but they may have peaked when it came to WrestleMania 35 and the clothes they wore. Designed by Jonathan Davenport, it paid homage to famed New York graffiti artist John Michael Basquiat, who was known for his fights against segregation, anti-colonialism, and inner-city poverty. Given that we were coming to you on this night from the Big Apple, Biggie, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods decided, man, we got to shine a spotlight on this. My word, did they. The fact that Kofi became WWE champion here as well was almost like sending a message that we do have to get past all these unfair divides that have plagued us as a human society for years. And that's why the New Day are absolute badasses and why I agree with them. They should never be broken up. They really do bring the power of positivity. Number five, Cody Rhodes pays tribute. Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes really wanted to have their big match at WrestleMania, and this absolutely should have happened, but for many, many reasons it didn't. I mean, the story just wrote itself, and it's not like these two guys weren't busting their ass to try and get it off the ground. Because if you go and watch promos that happened after Raw or SmackDown or all these things they did on social media, they were cutting these fire promos that I remember, and I remember going, yeah, I'd like to see them at WrestleMania. Once again, it never happened. Hoping that somebody was going to sign off on this, Cody, who was portraying Stardust at the time, even started coming out wearing gear that was a nod to his famous dad, Dusty Rhodes, who they also wanted to include in the mix, because again, why wouldn't you? So while many fans did notice this, WWE never did, and we had that really weird match on that pay-per-view that happened a couple of months before WrestleMania, but we never got a definitive finish. And then after this, Cody Rhodes left the WWE and basically helped change the face of professional wrestling. I bet after that, WWE management went, whoops. Number four, Sean Stasiak feuds with everyone. Or Meat, let's call him by his proper name, because all of his gimmicks were so weird. Do you remember when he was just Planet Stasiak and his whole thing was, I'm really weird? I didn't get it. But in 2001, after WCW had been eaten up by WWE, for some reason, Sean Stasiak was always chosen as the first guy to do anything. So if somebody offered an open challenge, Sean Stasiak would try to get there before anybody else. If somebody needed to be attacked backstage, Sean Stasiak would be the guy trying to do it. If anybody came out and said, who wants to do something, Sean Stasiak would try and get there first. Now, every time he failed or he ran into a wall, but that wasn't the point. In terms of kayfabe, this guy was really going for it. They never went anywhere, and I'm sure WWE was doing it to him as a massive rib, but it was right there in front of our face. 
but nobody ever seemed to mention it. Number three, FTRKO. The Revival did not want to say in WWE. They had seen how Raw and SmackDown or Vince McMahon portrayed the tag team division and decided, well, even if we do become champions, we're always going to be second fiddle to everyone else. And that doesn't float our boat. I would assume the company were well aware about Cash and Wheeler's desire to leave, hence why they did have to rub stuff on their groin and their ass and then run around going, oh no, my groin and my ass is on fire. You remember it was courtesy of the Usos. I believe it was called Usi Hot, and it was terrible. What was worse than this, though, is when these two guys stumbled into some great chemistry with none other than Randy Orton. They had a random six-man tag team match on Raw, and they were like, wait a minute, there's something here. Even the Viper agreed, but when they went to management and said, oh, please, sir, can we do something? They just said no. So it was dropped from nowhere, I would suppose, because the Revival had told everybody they weren't going to re-sign. But that sucks for us as the fans. Those three would have been great together. Number two, Alexa Bliss's contact lens. I will take my usual moment to remind you that Alexa Bliss has done brilliant with this character. I just don't like the particular storylines that WWE are writing. But man, the depth that she has put into this. Because after Randy Orton had set fire to The Fiend, who was her best friend at the time, it affected Alexa to such degree that at TLC 2020, weird stuff started happening in her face nobody really picked up on it. Because if you did look closely into her looking devices, you would have seen an effigy of Bray Wyatt dying, going, oh no, I'm in flames, I'm in flames, because that was basically destroying her soul and ruining her subconscious. So these are the kind of things that WWE needs to do more, and these are the kind of things that WWE needs to highlight all the time. It's so nice if one, you do notice it before anybody else, but then two, you are proven to be correct just makes you feel more emotionally connected to the product. I don't know why, that's life. Number one, Dean Ambrose and The Shield. Dean Ambrose basically told us that he was going to be leaving The Shield in the WWE in a WWE documentary, and if Vince McMahon had gone out of his way to watch this, he may have been better prepared, but he didn't. But as Ambrose was preparing to return to the company after a serious injury, he made it very clear on his comeback trail that he wanted to be presented as a very serious person that would also whoop your ass. So he was basically pitching John Moxley. He was desperate to be a man on the edge, a man ready to snap. So he wasn't best pleased when he did return to World Wrestling Entertainment and was told, oh no, you're going to feud with your best friend Roman Reigns who is going through a very real illness and somebody is going to jab you right in the ass because you don't want to get a disease. Now, when we look at it in hindsight, it was actually quite topical, but it was also crap. So without even knowing it, they had just signed the death warrant for the character of Dean Ambrose because John Moxley decided there is no way I'm ever going to stay if they're going to make me do stuff like this. But again, if they had watched the documentary and seen the pitch for John Moxley and gone, yeah, sure, you can do it, well, we would be living in a very different wrestling world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.